Well, hello there, babes, and welcome back to another episode of Your Place or Mine. I'm your host, Bay Savage. Babes, babes, babes. We've got a couple of babes here in the Babe Cave today for you, and I am so excited about this episode. So we have some new guests hailing from the South down in California. Obviously, the weather is much nicer there than it is here, and I'm really, really pumped to have them on the show. They've got some really, really exciting things in the works. So I would like to introduce co-owners of Pander Design Co. and Ladies Who Paint, Roxy Prima and Phoebe Cornhog. Hello. How are you, babes? Hey, hey. Thank you for having us. We are doing great. Yeah, thanks for having us, babe. Of course. We're so excited you're here. So much I want to talk about with you and I'm really pumped. So why don't we start with tell the babes a little bit about who you are, a little bit about Roxy and Phoebe and a little bit about Pander Design Co. Awesome. Well, sorry in advance if our voices sound the same. We get that a lot. Um, I'm Roxy. I'm from San Diego originally. And I started Pander Design Co. with Phoebe about, we're going on year six now. We specialize in painting murals and we paint all over the U.S. and even a few other countries and hopefully more countries once COVID is over. Um, We also run a nonprofit called Ladies Who Paint, which is the first ever all-female mural festival. And I'm Phoebe and I grew up in Philadelphia originally and then moved to San Diego. Oh, I'm like, wait, what year am I on? I think, I think eight, year eight is coming up. So I moved here after college and worked a few design jobs and then got bored, turned to Instagram. And that's where I just stumbled upon celebrity Roxy Prima and reached out to her thinking like, oh, I'll never get a response. And totally fangirled when she did. And we met up for wine and cheese, started a lettering meetup group here in San Diego, you know, cliche story. And then um, that was just really fun planning all these events. And we realized we worked really well together. And that's how we started Pander. And yeah, we've been working together ever since. It's been really fun. We are really busy bees. We have a lot of different things going on, which we'll talk more about. But um, yeah, it's nice having a business partner. And I'm, I'm a lucky gal. I love that so much. And I love that like your first time bonding was over wine and cheese because that really does bring the world together in a lot of ways. (laughs) Absolutely. That's awesome. And you have something very exciting coming up this year. So why don't you tell the babes a little bit about that? Yeah. So Phoebe and I are now authors. Our book that we've been working on for three years called Wonder Walls is finally coming out this fall. It's all about teaching people how to paint a mural in your own home. So there's 26 different projects that we created in different spaces of homes, kitchens, bedrooms, bathrooms, you name it, all different, ranging from beginner to advanced. And we did the whole thing during the pandemic when it was really challenging (laughs) to go into people's homes. And we really had to like, I don't know, convince people to let us in. Um, so we've been working really hard on it, but we just love murals and want people to know that it is attainable. It seems like it's super difficult, um, but it's not. 
And that's just so exciting. I know when I first looked up Wonder Walls and I've already pre-ordered it, babe. So like, let's go. I'll be sure to have the links in the episode bio. Uh, It was funny because when I was reading just the description on it and it talks about how people like the idea of wallpaper, but it can be damaging and just be so much work. And the idea that murals are actually something that anybody can do, even if you're not this absolutely wild, incredible artist. So as someone who's just recently moved into a new apartment that I'm planning on staying in for as long as I can, I was looking into wallpaper and had those same fears. So come November 9th, I'm going to try and figure out a mural. And I love that you're going to be a part of that. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty empowering too, to like step back and be like, whoa, I made that and it looks great. So yeah, that's so, so awesome. And how did each of you get into like, Uh, Phoebe, you spoke a little bit to this, but like Roxy, where did this start for you? Yeah. So I always, well, I guess rewind farther back, like high school, college had no idea what I wanted to do. Like I'm not meant to fit in a normal size box. So like going to college could not figure out a major that fit me, like was taking all kinds of different classes and two and a half years in junior year, my advisor was like, you need to pick a major. Like you actually have to pick a major. And I was like, sorry, don't like anything. I guess I have to drop out. Parents very upset clearly. Um, And then went to, started just taking community college classes while working odd jobs. Finally took a graphic design class. I think three and a half years into my college career and was like, yes, this is what I want to do. Like, didn't even know it was a thing back then. So started over, started taking graphic design classes and went to school for that. And then two years in said, I don't want to keep going. I want to drop out and do this because I want to work for myself. And I don't feel like I need to finish my degree. Like I felt like I had all the skills I needed and like the end of like the last year seemed like it was just like portfolio review classes where your classmates who are dummies tell you what they think of your portfolio. And it's like, why am I paying money for these dum-dums to tell me what they think of my work? Like that doesn't do anything. Yeah. So dropped out again, parents love me, um, and started working odd jobs while I figured out what I wanted to do in graphic design. And that's when I started posting on Instagram back in 2012 when People weren't really using it for business, but I just started posting drawings and paintings and just experimenting with art and found that I was building a following. And the more people that followed me, people were asking me to design their logo or, you know, if they could buy certain things from me. So I realized that social media was going to be how I would be able to work for myself. And that's exactly where I met Phoebe. Wow. That's so cool. I And like, as someone, I didn't do post-secondary because I was going to just go get a whatever bachelor of arts in English because that was the only thing I didn't hate in high school and I didn't do it and I got a lot of people like I got a lot of flack about it my parents didn't understand why I didn't want to do it but it seemed like it just wasn't right for me because they didn't know what I wanted to do and I've had all these really amazing opportunities without it and I love to hear that you were just like no yeah (laughs) this isn't getting me because of all the brainwashing about you have to go to college totally I mean getting that much in debt for something that you don't actually need a degree just seems ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that story. I'm so excited for you that you're doing what you love and making it work. I think that's so cool. So you obviously have a few things on the go. <laughs> so between 
the book launch, your all of your art that you're working on, and all the different projects you're doing between ladies who paint and whatever. The, I'm sure the whole laundry list of other things on the list. Does one find time for dating? Does that happen in your lives? Tell me a bit about that, babes. <laughs> I guess I was like, are we boring? We both have boyfriends. So <laughs> we find time to go on dates with our boyfriends. Yeah. I mean, Phoebe's been with her boyfriend for quite a while. Mine were coming up on a year, started dating during the pandemic wow. and um, now live together and things are great. Um, I think it's nice for both of us to have relationships outside of work where we can not just talk about work 24 seven. Cause like we love each other. We spend a lot of time together, obviously like at least 40 hours a week, but it's nice to have people outside of the mural design community where we don't have to be talking about work 24 seven and can decompress and like have those people in our life that make us do things outside of the office and travel and have fun. So I feel like we're both just grateful for the people in our life that keep us not burnt out. (laughs) But what I hear from my single friends in San Diego, it's like the same as everywhere. There's Peter Pan syndrome going on. There's a lot of people who are just on the apps that are not available emotionally. So that's really fun wasting your time with, but uh, yeah, not jealous of that, but I I like going on out. We still try to make date night a thing because yeah, going out to new restaurants, trying new food. And that's what I try to tell my friends too. I'm like uh, at least like making an excuse to try a new restaurant that you've been wanting to try anyways and and make them pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's like the only, like the main reason I go dating is to explore different parts of the city that I haven't been in before. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I definitely hear you on people being on dating apps and not even knowing if they want to be on dating apps. Like that's been really fun to navigate. So I'm having a super exciting time with that. Such a waste. Like what is the deal? I don't get it. And it, it is, it's just, it's very consistent. So it's like, it's happening over and over. I'm like, I'm actively dating right now. Now I got, got both vaccines. I'm like ready to fall in love universe. (laughs) Like where are they at? And it's like the amount of people and it's online dating and online dating is a disaster anyways, but it's even worse right now. But it's like the amount of people I have to match with and then talk to and then make plans with, but then some of them ghost or still bail last minute. So it's like 20 matches for maybe a potential date. And it's just wild. Like it is an interesting adventure. So Roxy, for you, you got into a relationship during the pandemic. Like how did that happen? (laughs) So again, Instagram, but um, (laughs) my boyfriend, Zach, we actually went to college together. I met him when I was 17. I'm 32 now. Um, Definitely like crushed on him. We like briefly dated six years later. And then, um, definitely was into him um but he wasn't ready for a relationship back then so then seven years later he comes crawling into my dms and um and that was it yeah (laughs) I love that I just love that like Instagram is just helping you live an amazing life in a lot of ways which is so cool Yeah. 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 And I'm also a sucker. Like I'm a hopeless romantic to my core. So I love the, like you connect in the past, you found your way back to each other. I'm here for that. I really So maybe you already know your soulmate and he's just like (laughs) nervous to reach out or something. 
Okay, so just to be safe, as soon as we finish recording, I'll just send messages to everyone I've ever been with and just yeah. see what happens, okay? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So let's move into your two boss babes running your own business. Uh, being women in business comes <laughs> with its challenges, you know? So why don't you tell us a little bit about like some of the exciting things and then also just like some of the challenges that you deal with on a day-to-day basis being like women who run your own business. Yeah. (laughs) We'll start with the negative, I guess. So the easy things that come to mind are going to the hardware store to pick up paint and for our job, like a thing we need for our job. Yeah. And just being talked down to, are you sure you need that? Are you sure you can do that? Questioned, you know, oh, you look so cute in your little outfits. And it's just annoying. So that happens. And then once you get to the job site, if it's on a construction site, we probably have like three panic attacks just of anxiety because we always know majority of the time I say it. We've, been, we've maybe had one great interaction with a construction crew, but typically it's male dominated and we're getting talked down to more. And yell that or like something. So uh, then if it's public, a public facing mural, we'll get cat called or people always telling us like we missed a spot. Um, And again, it's majority men. Women don't really call out on you for mistakes or even if it's a joke, it's not funny to us. So we've just heard it too often and it all of it is really old to us. And then, like, on the flip side, on I feel like everything that we do, I think there is a little bit more of a critical eye and that we can't ever do anything right. Like, not that you can ever please everyone, which is not our goal ever, but I feel like there's a lot more criticism towards a lot of things we do that I don't see our male, like, other males in this um, industry getting of, like, you know, people criticize us for talking about money too much or like you are so greedy or like, how could you talk about this when people are dying and people are losing their jobs? Like, which has nothing to do with me sharing that like I make money painting murals. Like if I'm able to make money painting murals, that means other people can. And like, we just try to educate people on how they can do the same. We get a lot of hate comments on TikTok and Instagram, like we try to be playful with our stuff of like people just, you know, this isn't cute or like comments like that or like commenting on the way we look or the way we dress or, you know, it's just like, it feels like you're trying to give out information that's valuable, but people are focused on how you look or your voice is annoying or, you know, just like, it just, it can be a bit frustrating. Uh, But then for the positive... We do love what we do, and obviously we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't love what we do. So there's enough good to over, you know, beat out all that bad stuff. So good things, we teach a lot of creatives how to make money doing what they love because it doesn't have to be one or the other. And we get a lot of DMs and success stories being sent to us from people of like, oh, I just booked a five-figure job, or I just painted my first mural. I could never have done it without your advice. And we just strive to be the people that we needed when we were starting out because we didn't have those sorts of resources. So it's important for us to be giving out all that information. And it's good to see that it's it's being put to use and people are being successful. And 
we're making a small dent in the starving artist stereotype. Um, and then just like another instance, I was feeling down about actually the sexism in our industry the other day and I went to go get a burrito and there was um, <laughs> a, an 11 year old girl that was in the, the shop and I had my uniform on my painter's outfit and so she was so excited oh wow do you paint and I said yeah I actually do this for a living and she was like whoa no way mom guess what she does this for a living and was asking me all these questions and she's like that's so cool and showing me the paintings that she and her mom do on the phone so you know it's important to be a role model for the youngins too because they don't I didn't have that so I'm glad that we can be that person yeah there's just like so many thoughts from all the things you just <laughs> shared. So with like with the negatives you're dealing with, I hate that it's not surprising. Uh, like that's really frustrating that it's like obviously men would tear down women who are successful. Obviously. Like why, why wouldn't they? History has taught us this. Mm-hmm. And like especially women who are making money. Like men don't like that. Men aren't a big fan when women make money. It's, it's quite frustrating for a lot of them. And that's obviously just so fucking frustrating. And just the idea that it's like your work is your art and art isn't like, doesn't really have the specifics to do with the fact that you have vaginas. Like you make this incredible art and obviously your murals are gorgeous and obviously you're successful because of it. And it's shit that men feel that they are owed uh, the opportunity to comment on how things are going. Um, like these are the yeah. gentle ways I'll talk about men are trash. Uh, right. So I'm just, I'm so sorry to hear that you're going through that, but obviously like you sound like two really fucking strong women who will just stand up and do your own shit anyways. And then whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. I love hearing you share about what you're doing uh, to like mentor and educate other female entrepreneurs, because I think there, there are a lot of people who don't think they can do their own thing. And I think there are a lot of people who don't just know that they're going to be facing some of these criticisms and that can be really scary to go up against. And I love to hear that you're giving back to the industry by sharing your advice because you don't have to do that. You're not obligated to do that. And this, again, just shows why women who are standing up, it's not just about like, hey, I'm here and I'm making all this money and like, fuck you. It's like, hey, this is how you too can be wildly successful. And that's so awesome. And I love that story about that little girl. And I hope she becomes a painter because that hits me in the feels. <laughs> yes. So you spoke a little bit to this like, overcoming or getting past the starving artist idea, which I remember reading in one of your bios. And that I found that really interesting. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So as an artist, First off, you're never encouraged to pursue art. Like high school, college, I always loved doing creative things, painting, drawing, but was never like, this is a hobby. This is not a job. Don't pursue this. If you do pursue art, like you're going to art school and getting a degree, any person you tell that to, they're like, oh, so you want to be a starving artist. And it's very close-minded, but it also like has so many ripple effects where like middle schools, elementary schools, they cut art programs because what's the point of art? No one can make money from that, which is not true. Um, but it also just like, that sucks that our kids can't have art classes. Like it is important. Um, so it is frustrating to have a career as something that everybody treats like a hobby because there is a lot of, not that we want people to like, like, 
it's not about like, I want you to know that I make a lot of money doing this. It's just <laughs> the way that people talk about the work that we do, the industry we're in, like talk down to us or like, are you actually getting paid for this when we're doing work and we're like then standing on our feet for 14 hours painting and we're like, this is the last thing I need to hear right now. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, it feels like you're not really respected or taken seriously just because this thing that you do is viewed as not important, not a career, like not worth any value or money or monetary compensation. And it's, it gets a bit frustrating. Yeah. And the fact that people get frustrated with you for talking about the fact that you're making money, like there is such a deeply rooted problem in women particularly not being able to talk about money and talk about what they're making. And I think this bleeds into industries where you're not supposed to share what your salary is versus what other people make, because that is entirely tailored to make sure the women don't know they're making less. And that's fucked. So I find that so fascinating because it is still such a stereotype that it's like, yeah, but I love my art and I want to do it. I know I'm not going to make money, but like, I want to try it anyways, where you can make really good fucking money doing your art if you're committed and you have a plan and you fucking get it done. So I'm thrilled to hear that you're making bank because you should. (laughs) Well, yeah. And then it's like, it's so deeply ingrained. And so we are constantly working with artists who feel, and we, we used to be this way as well. Like you feel guilty charging more because you're like, well, I love what I do. So you know, it's icky to charge for it. I just, I should be like glad that I'm just happy doing what I love because so many people are miserable in, right. in their jobs and it's just, it doesn't need to be that way. It's not one or the other. Yeah. Honestly, um, to your point earlier, we've actually had women say to us that we make them feel bad because we talk about making money and that's just the most like, Heartening, yeah. Oh, and like that's the opposite so... of what we're trying to do. We're really trying to empower you and, and be an example because we need more examples. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that sucks. That like that sucks so bad. And that well, just yeah. And shows... it obviously, it sticks with us. Like I'm yeah. still thinking about it today. Yeah. <laughs> we literally cry and we're like, "Is it is nothing yeah. we're doing making any difference?" Like, right? Yeah. And I'm sure you just spiral and. The, the idea that when they, they talk about loving your work and it's like this total double-edged sword because it's like, don't work a job you hate because life's too short. But if you do something you love, don't expect to make a living off of it. Uh, oh, yeah. So I know one thing that has been in the back of my mind and we talked a little about this before we started recording and I think this ties into that comment is imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And the idea that you're, it's not valid for you to charge the money that you do, or you, you haven't earned this and the space you have here in this industry and in your work. So like, that's something that is coming up often on this podcast and just coming up often in conversations. I'm dealing with it. Most women I know are dealing with it in every single capacity of their lives. So talk to us a little bit about what that means to you and what your journeys have been like when it comes to imposter syndrome. We, as we, we said, we do a lot of like webinars and coaching. And this seems like every educational thing we do ends up turning into like a confidence talk because so many women especially deal with imposter syndrome. And I think it's been helpful for us to have each other in our business because I think we've been able to move through some of these things a little bit faster. Um, 
So in the beginning, we definitely struggled with imposter syndrome. We felt so uncomfortable in talking about money, charging money. Like I remember we pitched one of our first five figure jobs and like my hands were literally shaking. I felt sick. And I was just like, who are we to charge this much money? Like blah, 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 whatever. And every time we get to a new threshold of like when we charged our first $50,000 project, we were scared and like, oh my God, are we, are we charging too much? Which is not a thing. Um, $100,000, we got freaked out too. And now, you know, the next time we pitch a mural that's like 200,000, we'll probably be a little freaked out. But um, we just kind of flipped the script from that voice in our head telling us that we weren't good enough. Like, who are we to charge this much money? And started thinking about the value that we were providing to our clients. And basically like we had to be our number one hype woman to be like, this is what you're doing for these companies. Like you are working hard. You have ideas that are unique. Businesses need this because like for our murals, like they become destination moments where people take photos in front of them, post on social media. And that's value. That's a marketing strategy. It's not just like a pretty art piece because I really wanted to paint something to make me feel good as a creative. Like, no, there is a calculated thing. I'm helping this business. I'm making this business more money. And it comes with practice. And like in the beginning, we just had to pretend that we felt that way because we didn't actually feel that way and had to just keep repeating it to ourselves. And then it finally started sinking in as we realized like, oh, if this person's going to pay us $50,000 to paint a mural, maybe we are, maybe we do know what we're doing. Maybe we are valuable. And then, well, maybe someone will pay us 75,000. Maybe someone will pay us a hundred thousand. And it just gets a little bit easier with time. Um, We were talking about this earlier. You had a good point about other people making us feel. Oh, well, yeah, we've just, we've talked so much with, with so many of our peers and then just clients and, as business and life goes on, I'm realizing more and more, well, both of us are realizing this as adults. I don't know. I'm We're 31 and 32, but I've always had this like idea in my head that, oh, adults really know what they're doing. Like adults are always correct. And I'm, it's, it's kind of depressing, but it, uh, it helps us with the imposter syndrome is that like, I'm just constantly learning. Like so many people are like just really stupid and <laughs> they don't know what they're doing to, pu- to put it bluntly. And I'm like, wow, like I, I've just been tricked by so many people. And so that really just shows me like, no one really knows what they're doing. So we shouldn't be like, pu- we shouldn't be so nervous for ourselves. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. Like, so I'm 34. I tell everyone who listens to the podcast, I'm 27, but I turn 27 every year. So it's fine. <laughs> but when you talk about, it, it's like adults do this and adults can charge this and whatever. Sometimes I'm like, okay, but like there's adultier adults. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I still feel like a kid in so many ways. And that's a good thing. Like, I think we should feel young and I think that's important, but mm-hmm. the, as a very confident person, like I, I worked very hard to get the confidence that I have now. And it it took a lot of work and therapy and affirmations and a lot of things. And I think that like fake it till you make it like just that you need to tell yourself this things enough times and eventually you'll believe it. I think that has so much power. Mm -hmm. And even when I started the podcast, it was like, I went to like invest a little bit of money and equipment and things like that. And it's like, is anyone going to give a shit? 
about any of this? Like, is anyone going to listen? And people are listening and I'm having success and that's awesome. But I really needed to just keep telling myself like, hey, you are valuable. You are important. People want to hear what you have to say and they're going to give you money for it in the future. So just keep rocking your way through. Exactly. So I'd love to hear that. We, we also found with podcasts too, like, because we had a podcast for four years and the there's some people that would literally never comment on anything, let us know that they exist. And then all of a sudden at the end of our podcast, when we stopped it after four years. They're like, I listened to every episode for the last four years. And you're like, you don't even know these people exist. So yeah, you, yeah it's, it's hard to, you, you shouldn't judge it just based on who's announcing themselves. Totally. Yeah. I love that so much. That's so cool. So what, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. What has been one of your favorite projects that you've worked on and why? I think our favorite projects are usually based on the experience of like, that was fucking scary and I didn't know we would be able to get through it and we did or like you know getting to go to cool places um we have a goal of painting a mural in all 50 states so when we get to travel to somewhere that was literally never on our radar and we're like wow South Dakota is amazing like we got to paint a mural there and saw that (laughs) South Dakota is so freaking cool um that just was a really great experience eye-opening experience um, we painted a mural in Tasmania. Never thought I'd ever Whoa. go to Tasmania, but that was so cool. Yeah. So cool. So traveling for work isn't always that fun, but sometimes it can be. <laughs> <laughs> Just because there's a lot more to organize. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, we don't usually get time to explore. It's like in and out just for the project. Like right. one time we flew to Boston this was really one of our crazier times. We flew to Boston for, we were there for less than 24 hours and that's a six hour flight for us. And yeah, like red eye there worked all day, got on the plane home and yeah. So it's, I mean, it's not always as crazy as that, but it can be pretty crazy. So like when we were in Tasmania and South Dakota, we actually had time to explore and um, we got to see, like so many animals and like the national park and everything. So that was awesome. Um, we have yet to do Canada. We need to I know up. we do. Um, I'll see who I can hook you up with. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Another project that stands out is we typically don't ever do trade for items or anything. We'd only do trade for money um, for right. jobs. And um, <laughs> yeah. we were doing a mural at this hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona and they asked if they could get a little bit of discount if we, they let us stay there. And then they also wanted to throw in massages for us, plus free food and beverage while we were there for three nights. And we're like, these people do not realize how much we can eat and drink. They are, we are going to get our money's worth. And so we gave, I think it was just a 10% discount for those things. And um, we balled out every single meal oysters, mussels, clams, bottles of wine. And they ended up putting us up. It was during the slow season. So they put us up in their two room apartment suite that had literally a laundry room. Like the bathroom was the size of my apartment. Oh my God. So for a very slight discount and we we really won out that time. So that one really stands out. Yeah. That sounds incredible. (laughs) Yeah. That's so awesome. And yeah, it's funny. Like the idea that people could just give you product for you to do your work, like, 
And again, why is that a thing that people offer women as an option more than men? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, this has been really, really awesome. Uh, before we wrap up, any words of wisdom for the babes that are listening? You've obviously shared loads so far, but anything you want to leave everyone with? Yeah, we already said how everyone's stupid, so <laughs> except all you babes. So just just start. Like whatever you're looking to get into, just start and you'll learn so much more by doing than you know, reading for hours and hours and hours. Um, just like you did with the podcast and actually same like we did like the podcast we didn't know how to do a podcast we didn't know how to run a nonprofit. we didn't know how to run a business we just started and once you're doing it yeah you're just gonna learn so much more and you'll be way ahead of everyone else who's still googling it I love that yeah I want everyone to just take some time to really think about the value that they're providing with whatever thing that they love doing like just because you love doing it doesn't mean it's not providing value to other people so just really diagnose what is the value that you're providing to your clients or your customers or whatever and just focus on that rather than like what money you're taking away from them or you know how other people are better or whatever just think about your value and that's just be your number one hype person. Oh, and we always tell women to up your prices. Yes. <laughs> I love that. This is so good. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so great getting to know you. I can't wait until I make my way down to San Diego because I love California. And yeah. we can have wine and cheese together. Ooh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> we love that. Yes. Thank you so much. Amazing. So be sure to find them on Instagram. So Pander Design Co. It's P-A-N-D-R Design Co. So at Pander Design Co. At Ladies Who Paint at Roxy Prima, at Phoebe Cornhog. This will all be in the description. So if you don't know how to spell any of that, don't worry, babes, I got you. This has been yet another episode of Your Place or Mine. I'm your host, Bay Savage. If you want to find out more, go to baysavage.com. And babes, you are worth more money. So fuck the men. Let's get paid. <laughs> Thanks again, babes. This is so good. Thank you. Thank you.